make sure that they know where you are. Like we sometimes tie a little flag on top of the sunbed. Sunbed, sorry, on top of the umbrella. Um, but one year he decided to sunbathe on his blow-up bed and that inevitably popped. So for the rest of the holiday, I had to sleep in the dinghy. This is episode 22 of the Travel Podcast. And on this episode, Jules and Dave are joined once again by our special guest and friend of the show, Rain, to talk about travelling short tour with children, covering everything from ferries to flights and camping to skiing. They share their own experiences and trips with their own families. A reminder about our sponsor, Not Just Travel, where holidays are made even better thanks to their award-winning travel consultants and the new book and relax guarantee to give you that peace of mind when booking your next travel plans. Make sure to check them out at notjusttravel.com. And now over to your host, Jules. Thank you so much, Matthew, and welcome to this episode of the Travel Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about travelling with kids short haul. Now, I'm joined today by the brilliant Dave from the Travel Podcast. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jules. And the fantastic Rain, travel expert and mother of four. Hello, Rain. Hi, guys. Brilliant. Now, so what we're going to be discussing today, if you heard our previous episode, that was our introduction to traveling with kids, which included our top tips and tricks when taking your children abroad. This episode is going to delve into the destinations and types of holidays that you can enjoy with your children in a short haul distance. As we are based in the UK, short haul to us really includes Europe. We're going to start today by looking at and considering the adventure and touring that you could, as one type of holiday that you could embark on with your children. So let's get to it. First of all, when we are looking at adventure and touring holidays, what are the main things that we need to look out for when we are going to be embarking on them with our children? Right. I guess we really just need to make sure that we're as prepared as can be and um, and uh, have got uh, doing it in the easiest possible way. Um, that would be my first advice on that. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I have embarked on a um, camper hire camper van hire little trip with my children and this was only in the UK and we have family in Sheffield, um, North London and further up in Scotland as well. So we embarked on a sort of travel and road trip, just us and the kids, the four of us in a camper van and it was really, really fun. I can tell you it was really great to have us all in the camper van. We hired it from a, a great supplier um, who gave us all the instructions and, and maps that we needed. Obviously, we planned our route, um, but it was fantastic way to get about and not have to worry about packing and unpacking because it was all in our camper van. We just went and jogged on. It was fantastic. And because my kids are a bit smaller, I think that worked well because they could just sleep in, in the areas. Um, but yeah, that was a great one. Dave, you embarked in any, um, perhaps not necessarily touring holidays with your children but adventure type holidays oh, yes Jules every holiday with children uh, is an adventure in some some respects um yeah I think um there's a couple of things really first we, we we do um a few trips in the UK every year and I think sometimes that can be an adventure with regards to driving so for example if you're going down to Cornwall for example we always go a day early I mean, we go down early and break the journey into two so we'll probably scoop the kids up from school at three o'clock and get a couple of hours down the road 
and then probably book a hotel somewhere, regroup, and then in the morning you haven't got quite a, a journey. You can get ahead of the rest of the people. Same if we're going up to the Lake District. We, we tend to break the journey um, sort of halfway up the country. Um, but if I'm talking about a bit more sort of Europe-wise, um, we've had a uh, we had a, a two-centre uh, trip to in Italy um, to both Venice and the Venetian Riviera, where we used taxis and boats and buses uh, and made it quite a sort of a, a sort of blended adventure, Jules. Fantastic. So I guess that moves us on really nicely to the city city breaks. Um, now. There's quite a few things you need to consider when taking your children on um, city breaks. Um, I think first and foremost is the safety aspect, as obviously they're a lot more crowded in terms of the areas and ways of getting about. We touched on safety in our previous episode, but do you have any tips, Rain, for um, keeping them safe in, in a city sort of environment? Um, well, I think a bit like I think I mentioned last time is phone numbers. My children have always known our mobile numbers, so that and that has actually has come in handy. Not so much, thankfully, in the city break, but um, just generally um, on in day to day life. But that kind of thing, also sort of you know being in terms of safety, I guess just making sure they know which way to look when they cross the road, because you know often obviously most people places in Europe drive on the other side of the road and we all probably do it ourselves you just I always end up looking both ways and getting myself a bit confused so that kind of thing and maybe having um also like a meeting place if you're going into a market or something like that because you know it can get quite um quite hectic can't it um so those would probably be my you know main safety things just really I'm, I'm constantly counting as well and also I can kind of feel if one of them's not there it's really strange um so um yeah just making sure that they know where they are and maybe even knowing where they're staying the name of where they're staying yeah great great tips there rain um, I know for myself, I um, like to keep them entertained. So mine are a little bit younger. And um, when we go on a city break, I always make sure that we have a lot of um, activities such as, you know, spotting things while we're out and about um, and just trying to keep them engaged the whole time on sort of city breaks. A bit more important, just like you said, to make sure that you've got hold of them all. Dave, how have you found city breaks with your children? Yeah, a bit of a, a, a variety, really, Jules. Um, I like what Rain said about uh, we always arrange a meeting point. And again, my kids know our mobile numbers as well. So they we sort of, before we set off, we're walking, they know where the hotel is, at a meeting point, and, and we encourage them to approach policemen if there's any problem to sort of you know give them our details. But also what I find is, depending on where you are, is the type the way that you get around a city can not just help with safety, but also helps kids see more of a city. For example, if I'm in London, I tend to avoid the underground with kids, not just because it's crazy and hot and busy. You don't see anything, so I much prefer the the open top buses or even a black cab. Yeah, yes, it might cost more, but the experience is much better. You know, you can see much more and on a red bus tour of, of um, London than you can in the underground, or we'll take uh, a boat up the Thames. Um, also, another tip, um, for example, we had a city break in Venice once, and a couple of things there is to avoid the crowds. Venice gets incredibly busy 
in the, in the afternoon and late morning with crowds. So if you're going to Venice, we always used to get up really early, sort of eight, nine o'clock in the morning, and there isn't so many people. So it's to do your touring, especially with children. It's good for anyone, really, but especially with children to get up early in, the, in not just Venice, but any city to avoid the crowds. And you can see, see much more. Uh, and again, in Venice, the, the, the only way to get around is on boats anyway. But, but again, it's that um, making the most of the journey, uh, the types of travel that you can have in those cities. Yeah, they don't let um, you lie in, do they, the kids? So you might as well get up and get going. It's also a bit cooler at that time of the day because I find mm. in the middle of the day when you're trying to make them um, do things, they can get a bit hot and sweaty really? and then miserable. Yeah. And you can always um, pre-book, um, you know, admissions to places as well um, so that you can get, you know, the morning or whatever. Also, uh, so you can hire someone who will take you with the kids around. Yeah, guided tours. That's a really great idea. Mm. And as well, just to bear in mind, like the size of the group tours. So if you are doing something like that, just make sure it's not, you know, 50 odd people and you're going to be stuck at the back. You can't hear anything the guy's saying. Um or anything like that. Just do your research on the tours, mm. I guess. It's worth paying a little bit extra to have private tours always. Um, you know, it's not usually that much more in cost, but the experience is so much better. Yeah, and I've seen they're really taken off as well. I've seen like some cycling tours and um, Segway tours. You can do like lots of different types now. It's not just walking around following the guy with the umbrella. Um, so yeah, definitely. And on the just going back to the hop off, hop on buses, as mine are a little bit younger, I find it a bit of a chore to get them to walk long distances. So I really love the buses because, like you said, they can have a nap or they can sit there and have their snacks, and everyone's learning about where they are and and getting to see the best of it. And um, so yeah, they're all, all brilliant things to do. What do you think about, do you think city breaks are, are always expensive or do you think you can get some bargains if you if you budget and think about it far enough in advance? Dave? Yeah, I mean, first of all, is uh, if you're breaking down a city tour into to flights and accommodation, for example, um, the, the time of day from the flights can make a difference. But also in a lot of cities, especially if you're going with a, a small family or even a big family, um, we tend to book an apartment. Um, rather than a hotel. And places like, for example, Barcelona, they've got some amazing apartments, which are great value with sort of two or three bedrooms. And, uh, and let's, you know, the fun of going on a city break is eating out in local restaurants and experience all the local culture. So one of my tips would be to, to look at booking an apartment for a family rather than necessarily a hotel, depending on what you want. Yeah, of course, that's a great tip. And I guess as well that in an apartment, you can, um, you've got all the access for the cup of tea and dishing out the cereal early in the morning to get on your early morning tours. So that's always good. You've not got to wait for breakfast to open or, you know, the microwave to be available for the little one's milk, for example. Um, as well, can't you? So you can save some money there. Save some money where? Sorry, Ray? By making packed lunches. Oh yes, brilliant, fantastic top tip. Kitchen, then you've got that sorted. Exactly, yeah. And again, you know, if you've got any fussy eaters or dietary requirements, um, then then again, you can you can work that out yourself. You don't have to worry about liaising with a with a specific hotel for that. So yeah, city breaks are definitely something to consider with the little ones. 
Now, one of the main ways that we get off, uh, obviously, England is an island, um, is by driving. Has anyone ever embarked on, on a very long distance drive with their little ones? Yes, we've done lots of driving with ours. We've been to France many times, especially when they were very young. Um, and uh, they actually, funnily enough, they don't seem to mind it. They get used to it, even though it is, you know, a, a long time in the car. But with all the electronics and things these days, it does help. And we have audio books. Um, and also, I guess it depends on, um, also, you've got the ferry, which is obviously... Um, uh, they, little kids do tend to like that. They tend to have a play area and things, so that's quite fun. Uh, but now they're a bit older, they like to go um, on the tunnel because it's a lot quicker. Um, and the other good thing about the tunnel is we always do flexi to take the stress out of everything. And that means that you can go to the flexi lounge and um, you can fill your boots. And uh, they do fill their boots. It's, they come back in the car. They've got loads of sandwiches, drinks, crisps, you name it. Um, and that kind of keeps them going for the rest of the journey. <laughs> That's brilliant. No, yes. I So I am embarking on driving to Paris um, in March. And I was... Um, thinking about the crossing and like you said you do have to weigh up so the euro tunnel is obviously a lot faster but then the ferry is going to give me the opportunity for the kids to get out of the car and and run about so i think maybe with younger kids uh, the ferry would be preferable but then like rain said if they're a little bit older they like the speed they just want to get there um and they don't need so many toilet breaks so that's always handy. Um, but as well, do you find that you, you plan your route far in advance, Rain? And, and do you think about where you're going to be stopping off? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm always I've got it all mapped out before we go and what the timings are and where we're going to stop and, you know, where we're going to stay. And um, and that's sort of part of the fun of it is, you know, having those little stop offs as well. You know, sometimes you could go straight down, but we see it as a bit of an education as well, because we have been to many places in France that we wouldn't normally have done had we not, you know, sort of been touring down. So, um, yeah, I mean, having a plan, definitely. And and, you know, having things booked up, I, I'd say, is with kids is a, is a must. I guess it makes it part of the holiday and gives you that adventure side of things as well. You never know what you might come across on your on your journey. So all very exciting. Now, another incredible short haul holiday for our children to experience would be skiing. Now, has anyone been brave enough to take their children on a ski holiday? Uh, yep, we go every year actually, and um, again, we we don't fly because um, that can be quite pricey. Uh, and also, we've got so much kit. I just love the fact I can throw it in the car, uh, and we drive down and we um, stop. We normally take the tunnel. Uh, and use the flexi, as I was saying. So we're loaded with snacks. And then we stop en route, uh, sort of try and get as far down as we can, and then have a nice sort of explore of the town and a nice meal in the evening. Uh, it's normally something like an Ibis uh, budget, so, you know, very basic. Um, and then we get down to the skiing and uh, we do the same on the way back. And it kind of elongates the holiday as well. So, um, yeah, we really, we really like it. And we would always choose to drive, actually. That's brilliant. So, Dave, you've not quite been brave enough yet. Is that something... 
you might consider taking your little ones in the future. Uh, for skiing, Jules, yeah? Yeah. I think it's something that I'll have to do in the future. Um, so I'll be talking to Rain for some some tips. And we have driven to France before, um, which I, I agree with a lot of things that the Rain says there. And there's a don't rush the journey. And part of the the the, the joy of driving in France is the roads are much better. Um, I don't think I saw one traffic jam on the whole way down. And we just we did plan it. And I always thought it was good to have a European sat-nav. I couldn't have done without the sat-nav. That's, that's very true. And when we got the ferry across, um, we, I think we got the overnight ferry and we booked a cabin. I would always advise booking the cabin. And then one mistake that we made on the way back is that we booked probably the last ferry at the end of the school holidays. Yeah, yeah it was a bit busy. It was a bit busy. Um, so my tip would be, don't book the last ferry at the end of the school holidays. Um, but no, skiing is definitely on my list. And um, it's something that my kids have been started to talk about. And again, you know, you don't want your kids to miss out on any experiences where possible. As much as I prefer the heat to the cold, it is something that I will I will do. Yeah. You will embark on. So yeah, don't book the last ferry. Good top tip. I guess that as well. If you are driving, it's it's a good idea not to book the last ferry just just in case. You never know what could happen. You might get a puncture or or anything like that. I know um driving in Europe, you need to have specific um things as well, don't you? You need to have uh, a sticker on your license plate and I believe on your headlights because our cars are obviously left hand drive our headlights beam the sort of wrong way. And I, I understand you need to have a, a triangle as well, a, a high-vis triangle yeah. and a high-vis jacket. Um, what just, it just reminded me, actually, one of the really good things we have for driving in France is we have a special um, toll um, little machine that we put on our windscreen. So when we go through all the tolls, it just automatically opens up and they bill us afterwards. And it is absolutely brilliant. And I don't want to jinx it, but it has never failed in years. And we just get cruised through. We'd have to mess about looking for change and getting our cards out and all that kind of thing. Um, it's great. Really highly recommend it if you're going to be driving around France. Do you, do you pre-book that, right? Yes, you um, you can do it online. Annoyingly, I can't remember what it's called, but you can do it online and... Um, and they send it to you and you just stick it on your windscreen. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put the link in the show links. Yeah, and you set up a sort of direct debit and they just bill you for it afterwards. Mm. Great tip. Yeah, great one there. Mm. Yes, Dave? And then one, and I, yeah, I agree with all those points. There's one thing you have to take apparently in the car in France and that's a breathalyzer. You have to take your oh. own breathalyzer. Yeah, in the little travel pack, you must have your own breathalyzer. Great. No, good one. So how do we deal with um, the inevitable travel sickness that comes with, especially on a journey, I would imagine, to um, to any ski resorts? The transfers are always pretty windy and wibbly. Does anyone have any top tips for combating travel sickness with the children? Yeah, first one, I mean, my youngest son is prone to he does like a little bit of car sickness sometimes. And one thing I've found is that if kids are reading and looking down in the car, it, it can be, it can cause a bit of a problem. So we tend to use uh, DVDs. So we have seat back DVDs in the car. So the kids are then looking straight at something. Um, so they have one each so they can watch a different DVD because they're different ages. They won't necessarily watch the same um, DVD. So we've found that improves. And also, 
having regular stops as well is really important because uh, you can usually get a, you can usually sense the warning signs um, in advance. So uh, yeah, having a stop and then you 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 do learn to anticipate, although they do still take you by surprise sometimes. Um, you do learn to anticipate. So yeah, that would be my thing. The DVDs work. Try not to read in the car or even just look down, keep it like that. And then, um, yeah, having stops. Great tips. What about you, Rayleigh? Are you lucky with your kids and their travels? Um, yeah, I have to say I'm very fortunate and we don't really um, uh, suffer. But I do know that you can get um, travel sickness bands only because I had them when I had morning sickness. Um, and um, and I, I believe they're pills as you know well that you if you were a bit concerned. I know they always say that on when the kids go on school trips um, in the coach. Anyone got any sickness? Bring things along. <laughs> yeah, good tips. I I've got some little chewy um, chewable things for my daughter because she had a particular episode that was rather projectile. Um, so yeah, that was all fun. So yeah, I, I make her eat those, but she enjoys them. So that's not a problem. Um, but I guess as well, like you were saying, like sometimes I find with the screens because they get, because they're watching like a whole film at once that can, sometimes I have to turn it off for a bit and let them, we, there's always the classics, I spy and um, spotting, you know, red lorries and yellow lorries and uh, all, all the little games you can play in the car. But yeah, we are lucky with how technology's evolved for us uh, with means we can go on some more adventures with with our kids which is great and um, so just going back to the skiing quickly uh Rain, would you uh, say that uh, say you were going for the first time as a family would you recommend the lessons that they offer oh absolutely i mean do you know we've been going for years now and uh, we still have lessons i still have lessons says my husband in fact, it's my favourite part of the day because most of the time it is way too exciting for me going skiing with my children. And um, I just like to be feeling safe with my instructor having an hour and a half. And that's all we do. We do an hour and a half and all the kids go in together. We actually do private lessons. Um, we did in initially um, do the group lessons, but because um, obviously with the language barrier, I know that a lot of the um, the instructors do speak English, but as the week goes on, they tend to get a bit bored of it and um, and, and they slightly give up. And, and although my kids did do that initially, I, I did feel a little bit bad when Daisy was four and sort of off and didn't quite understand what was going on so anyway uh, we do do private lessons and actually it works out quite well because there's four of them and then my husband and I have lessons together so I would definitely um, recommending that I'd also recommend we actually pre-order our kit as well so that we turn up and um, we've already given them you know our sizes and stuff uh, and um, we just we and it's all prepaid and we pick that up as with the passes as well yeah brilliant well I was actually um, funny story I found out I was pregnant with my first uh, whilst I was on a skiing trip so that was um, different but I do remember uh, particularly I think probably once you find out that sort of news you're then much ultra aware of children around you and um, a particular lesson I had in Italy the instructor 
I mean, the kids are amazing. They're, you know, two, three, and they're bombing it down these slopes. Um, but my instructor, all the kids were following her, and she was uh, she had a particular phrase, which is parallelly, parallelly. So all these lovely um, two- and three-year-olds behind her with her Italian accent were all saying the same. It was really cute. But they are naturally amazing at it. I guess it's their centre of gravity or... It really is. I mean, children just take to it amazingly. They are just, they just don't have the fear as well. I mean, I watch my kids. It's just terrifying. <laughs> they think I'm very slow. Are they getting to the age now where there's uh, jumps and all sorts oh, getting involved? Oh, I've been doing that forever, honestly. They just have no fear, no fear. But no injury so far, so that's all good. And you'll definitely recommend the uh, equipment in advance, so that's brilliant. I would, I would really, for skiing, I think you want everything in advance, whether it's driving down, booking. I was at the hotels, the restaurants, on the way up and down. I, I pre-book everything. It just makes it so much easier. Yeah, I think now more than ever as well, we're definitely going to need to be a lot more thinking in advance uh, with with the current situation that we're in. So a personal favourite of mine is the camping holiday. <laughs> Dave, I know you're a massive fan, aren't you? Um, the, the kids love it, Jules, if I'm honest. Um, I, well, yeah, I, I have been camping a couple of times. I must admit, I do have all the gear, but not necessarily any idea about what to do with it. But I think, I mean, let's be honest, it's great for the kids and it's good to go away with other families. And when we went camping last year in the UK, we had five different families. So you can imagine there was about 14 or 15 children. So it was a little bit like Lord of the Flies in the evening. But um, I think it's great for families to get together. What I did enjoy was in the evenings with a big fire and Everyone sat around outside as long as the weather's good. Um, but my advice would be to get some decent kit if you're going camping. You know, get a decent um, tent. Uh, I even took my coffee machine with me, you know, so I do like the mod cons. Um, so I, one of the conditions of me going camping was I certain things that I had to take with me, one of which was a coffee machine, which went down very well with the rest of the families. Um, but um I think if I'm honest, for, for children, it's great. And a lot of adults enjoy camping, but it, have, the right, have the right equipment uh, when, you, when you go and look at the weather forecast. <laughs> and embrace. <laughs> yeah, or not. <laughs> <laughs> and you're an avid camper, I understand. You got any top tips? Oh, me, did you ask? Sorry. Yes, sorry, Rain. Um, no, I... No, I um... Yeah, we actually like camping. My husband loves it. He potters about. Again, he's got all the kit. Um, and I think, do you know, I, I would, with the kids, I was going to say something comfortable, you know, get something comfortable, but actually they don't care where they sleep, do they? We've had roll mats, which they never end up on. Um, but I think for me personally, I always want a pillow. I don't mind the sleeping bag, but I need a comfy pillow. And um, again, I normally do a, um, a, a, a shop, especially just for the camping, before we go. So it's all in there, in bags, load it straight in the car, got all, you know, all the stuff there. Again, we've got, you know, all the cooking equipment and things, got a really nice tent. Um, but yes, just being organized, I think, and making sure you've got enough warm stuff because what people don't anticipate is how damp it gets at night as well. So, um, it can get a bit chilly. 
Yeah, definitely. Now, I you two sound like glampers compared to me. I'm I'm a bit more rough and ready. Um, <laughs> I think the thing I most enjoy about the camping is how tired the kids get at the end of the day. Uh, all that fresh air, running about, and uh, even just to go to the toilet is it can be you know a little adventure in itself sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy, like Dave was uh, saying as well, the evenings together, the kids are, are playing cards or something in the tent and the mums and dads are having a uh, little hot chocolate, little cocoa, a little bit of marshmallows, treat yourselves. Um, but my top tip, I think the only uh, thing I was going to say was about um, thinking about your tent and how you're actually going to sleep in it and whether you're going to have a little area for, for your muddy boots. Um, and just plan sort of your, your layout as such, like you would do when you're thinking about your hotel room. Just think about uh, how you're going to be sleeping in there and, and it's going to be at maximum comfort for everyone. Um, one thing I really want to try is a Euro camp. So where you obviously you drive there yourself, but then when you get there, it's already set up. So you have a tent and you have a little kitchenette area um, and they have fantastic facilities. I mean, I think these these resorts are, are huge. There's size of sort of small towns um, with multiple facilities and, and activities and things. Has anyone tried a, a Euro camp or, or a camping in Europe? Um, yes, we. No, we I mean, I have actually stayed on. Um, I have actually stayed on a um, on a uh, campsite where we stayed in a mobile home. Um, it was kind of by accident because our villa flooded, um, and the owners of the villa moved us to this um, site. But actually, it was really nice. We had three bedrooms, and as you say, they've got all the facilities. The swimming pools. We were still at the beach. We had water slides. They've always got a little restaurant bar. Um, you can pick up, um, you can order in your croissant and baguette um, every morning. And um, yeah, it was very civilized. Oh, I'm really excited to go I'll get booking after this. What about you, Dave? Yeah, we stayed on a Eurocamp type site in uh, in Italy, in the Venetian Riviera. So when I was talking about going to Venice, we combined a couple of nights in Venice with a week in a campsite in um, in the Riviera, which which was great. Again, we had a, a two or three bedroom um, caravan. And what I liked about it, um, again, it was very well organized. It was right on the beach, uh, had its own um, restaurants, uh, a couple of bars, lots of activities for the children. And one of the highlights, Jules, of this camp was you could actually book your own sunbeds around the, around the pool. Um, so you actually went to the kiosk at the beginning of the week and said, I'd like these four sunbeds for the week, please. You had to you had to pay a little bit extra, but worth its weight in gold having your own sunbeds. And then somebody would come round halfway through the day with an iPad to make sure you were on the right sunbeds. So there was great quality control um, as well. So um, it was fantastic. But if you are going, I'd always try and combine it with a with a city. You know, I think it it mixes it up a little bit. You know. Yeah. No, that's a great tip. So no, no six a.m. dashing down with your towels then required. No, that's not something I would uh, get involved in. I couldn't imagine that anyway. <laughs> that's brilliant. So we touched on before. I just wanted to finish. So I, we've obviously covered sort of the adventure touring, city breaks, driving, ski, and the camping. I guess the only thing left is are the beach holidays, the short haul beach. Now I'm sure we have all taken our kids to the beach. So. Do you have any top tips that you can share about um, going to the beach with your kids? 
right? Um, so yeah, I mean, for we, I find actually when they're younger, it's a bit easier because they love a bucket and spend. As they get older, um, it does somehow they do end up moaning quite a bit um, unless there's lots to do. So we always take the sort of bat and ball thing, a football, the cricket. Um, and uh, we've also got a dinghy that we take as well that um, we can blow, we've got a, a pump for the car and we blow it up and then that keeps them busy for a, a little while. Um, and for me personally, I've got some little low beach chairs and as long as I've got one of those, I'm happy as Larry. <laughs> what about you, Dave? Uh, for me, um, I would always um, be aware of the heat. Um, so the first thing that we would have on the beach is a couple of umbrellas. Um, I think, you know, especially with young children, uh, I think that's really important to keep them out of the sun in the, the hottest times of the day. I think that's really, really important. And I'm a rain on that is making sure you take things to do. Um, they love bat and ball and frisbees and, and everything else. And also one thing to think about is the same thing we were talking about in the city breaks is that make sure that they know where you are. Like we sometimes tie a little flag on top of the sunbed. So, so if someone... Um, so if they get lost on the beach, which you can on busy beaches in the summer, is that they can see that flag on top of the sunbed, says, sunbed sorry, on top of the umbrella. Because if you're looking at a beach, then they all look the same. So it's the, the, important to think about the safety aspect on the beach as well. Uh, and just be aware of things like tides and waves and uh, to keep an eye on the sea, because that can change very quickly in certain um, parts of Europe and the UK. Oh, yeah, great, great tips. And as well, I guess we have to, in terms of the safety, think that perhaps some of these uh, European countries, they will have different uh, regulations as well in terms of their safety aspects. So making your kids aware of maybe the red and yellow flags and, and where the lifeguard station type things are, um, just again, to cover the safety. But I do have, I do have a little story about um, a dinghy. So I went camping with my dad. He used to take us every summer in a three-man tent, me, my sister, and our Alsatian dog. It was very cosy. Um, but one year, he decided to sunbathe on his blow-up bed, and that inevitably popped. So for the rest of the holiday, I had to sleep in the dinghy because um, I was the smallest. And I probably still could, to be honest. But see, versatile packing there, Rain. You've got a bed there. You've got entertainment. You've got a, a dragging of, of uh, all your things off the beach trailer. So, yeah, <laughs> very versatile. So we've covered loads. I'm really um, impressed. Oh, just my top tip on the beach, sorry, uh, would be talc. Talc is amazing for getting off the sand in between your toes and all the rest of it if there's not a, a washing facility. Um, and also mine are still small enough for those wearable towels, which I found really handy to get them dressed in and out uh, and not let their, um, expose them to the rest of the beach. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Does anyone have any any other top tips or anything? Any places they particularly think would be fantastic short haul for families? Well, we actually we've always been to Brittany over the years. It's so close by, and as I said, you can get the ferry over, um, or the uh, well, actually, the ferry's probably a bit closer, um, and you could do the overnight to St Marlow, and then you're pretty much there. And I love it for like beautiful beaches, quite like Cornwall. Nice food, good cider and always the wine, good food. Um, I think that's a really, really nice holiday. And you, Dave? Um, I was, some friends of ours went to um, Southern Ireland recently, 
And there's some great um, like little sort of villages and towns on the coast where you can go fishing. And um, again, it's, it's something a little bit different than a lot of people go down to Cornwall, as I do. But Southern Ireland is, is, is very, very friendly. They love children over there. And um, yeah, that's somewhere I would look. There's somewhere a little bit different. Yeah, yeah definitely. Ireland's a really great shout. Uh, not, not too far. And again, like a whole different culture to explore. Um, but thank you so much for both of you for your time today and for your top tips and tricks for our Travelling With Kids series. And um, we've got more to come. So thank you very much for listening to us today. As always, for more information and links to what we have talked about in today's episode, please head to thetravelpodcast.com, where all links will be featured on this episode's page. Also, if you've enjoyed listening, please do give us a five-star review on the iTunes. The Travel Podcast is sponsored by Not Just Travel, where it's not just travel, it's a way of life. We hope you liked this podcast. And if you did, please tell your friends. But also take a moment to rate us on iTunes as it helps spread the word. Thanks for listening.